Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. What's going on? Coach Lucas back with the Vigor Life Podcast, and we're taking it a little bit of a different direction. But, you know, lately I've been uh, loving sharing, I guess, the, uh, the process of just revelations, insights from leadership, building a team, building a company. And, um, and honestly, just sharing a lot of stuff that like I fucked up in the past <laughs> and continue to and just, you know, and just, and just share it with you. But like having, um, you know, I'm, you, you guys know that like, I study a lot all the time, almost obsessively. I wouldn't say almost obsessively. It is obsessively. But um, with that said, it, you know, like always, of course, as you go through stuff and you make mistakes and you become aware of it. And we've talked about this, like going from, you know, um, unconscious incompetence to you know conscious incompetence and and so on and so forth right like just becoming aware and realizing you've been doing something wrong or it could be done better uh and then you know then the grueling process of changing that because it is it is that it's actually it's hilarious to me how sometimes uh i would say people share these insights and it and it's like oh yeah man like you figured it out on friday on monday we're going to be doing this but it's like yeah it, sure if it, if it was robots if it wasn't the human factor <laughs> so you know getting like even for yourself think about how difficult it is uh to you know first of all realize you realize something is it's difficult it's painful to realize something and then you gotta you know accept it like and accept it and like yeah this is reality then you know i would say doing the work of change right doing the work of change is hard whether it's like your body and fitness and eating habits and uh you know obviously your belief systems sometimes that are holding you back from making changes and whatnot or you know helping your team execute something meaning you know going from okay we know a better way to hey we're implementing a better way to this better way is now consistent it's now the norm it's now the standard like that's a big gap. It doesn't happen from Friday to Monday. It doesn't even happen a lot of times from one month to the other, right? Like it takes time. And so I shared this before, but I wanted to touch on it again as far as like what do I believe that the company or, or should say a, a business slash organization is there for? And, you know, I, I, I would say some people, I had this wrong. I had this wrong for, for a long time. What do I believe now? Well, um, I believe the deepest purpose of a business is to change the lives of the people who work there, first and foremost, uh, which is a little bit of a different approach than maybe some other people think. Um, and that's okay. But I certainly think that, you know, even when I, when I look at the, the gym or any other company that, that uh, you know, I'm a part of, have started or own, that the people there are the most important because they're going to be, and, and all of them are service companies, right? They're delivering the service. They're they're creating the hospitality, the competence of the skill set that's being administered. So like that, that's got to be there. That's got to be the most important part. Number two is the role of leaders and managers is to show people how professional and personal growth are inseparable. So I think that's another thing, right? Like you, you come to work and, and uh, it's like, oh, this is work, right? And then there's personal stuff. And hey, you know what? You do your personal stuff by yourself. You want to personally develop. You know, when you're here, you're either going to, you know, you're going to do work or you're going to grow. But it's like those two are interchangeable, right? Personal and, and professional growth go hand in hand. And and the, the, the role of leaders, like leaders, managers, I, I'll probably use interchangeably. But honestly, I'll just I'll just stick to the word leaders more. Um, it's to show people how professional personal growth are inseparable. And also 
it, you know, to help them in both of those. And then number three is the way to get people to be engaged is to be more engaged with them. Um, and we've, we, we talked about that in the last couple of podcasts, like you cannot ask for more engagement if you do not engage more yourself. And so these, you know, uh, through my studies, I would say through the, the, the last months, uh, there, I've, I've come across these five myths and like, as I'm learning these, you know, I'm having all these, I would say, revelations like, oh, man, like how long was I doing this wrong? And I'm still in a process of, I would say, overcoming some of these myths, right? Because when they're deeply ingrained for a long time or, or you know, uh, that's the way that you operate it, it, take, it takes some time to, um, you know, to change those things, right? But some people will call these uh the five uh, employee engagement myths. I, I would just call them the uh, the five myths that are preventing you from, you know, growing your team or or helping you helping your team grow so that the team grows helps you grow the company. Right? Like uh, we could we could use a lot of different taglines. Uh, I'm not in a copywriting mood right now. It's all good though. So here's you know here's where we'll start. This is this is uh, a big one, and I've even still caught myself like a couple of years ago. I would say uh, saying this, but certainly when I get on a call for uh, business strategy sessions or, you know, uh, strategy sessions to join a business coaching program, I get this one a lot. Maybe you do too. And remember, as I'm going through these things, if, if you know, if you don't have a business or you're part of business, uh, like if you don't have a business with a team and you're part of an organization, you're part of any team, I believe this is, this is going to be just as important for you to not hear, but also think about, Okay. Because it's not just about like leadership and, and management and stuff. It's about teams because this is a thought process that happens for a lot of people. So imagine if there's a group of people on a team, you might say this exact same thing that I'm about to share. So what is myth number one? I can't find good people. I'm pausing because how often have you heard that, right? Can't find good people. Well, let's look at this, right? You meet good people all the time, right? You've been in, interviewed and hired them. In the past, certainly, surely, uh, you've seen other companies with good people. So you brought them onto your team, excited, hopeful about the personal qualities and skills that you thought they could add, right? At the beginning, you may be like, oh, man, they were great. And then the tunes turn, but that's the thing. And then something happened. After they started working for you, what was it? That's the question. What happened? How did they go from being an exciting new hire to consistent source of maybe frustration? Right. Or the person that's like, oh, they, they, they're just not getting stuff done or they're not doing it right. So what's probably true, not always. Right. But but far more than we admit to ourselves is that you didn't invest in that good person when they arrived. You didn't give them the training that they needed or challenge them on the behaviors you noticed that you wished that they would change. You didn't show them what the DNA of your business is through specific examples so they could get a personal experience of what you mean by care and why they should care in the way that you do, right? Most importantly, you didn't hold them accountable in small increments. This is more in small increments along the way to give them boundaries around what needed to change and by when. Now, it's, you know, this was big for me because like I can look back at examples of, you know, where that happened. And it's painful looking back going like, oh man, I, I, I fucked up on that. But at the same time, understanding that that's true and how to do it better. So notice that, you know, keeping people accountable and not letting standards uh, go by the wayside, right? Because as soon as you 
end up, uh, you, you know, you have a vision, you have a values and you, and because it's uncomfortable, right? Either you're busy or it's un- like confrontation is uncomfortable. So maybe it, that's the reason you avoid it. Or maybe you're really busy and it's like, oh, I'm, I'll get to that. Right. And, but that's the most important thing. Remember, we just started off saying that the most important thing is developing that your business is there for the development of the team. Okay. And so, this is massively crucial when you when you talk about this, right? Now, it doesn't like here's the thing: it doesn't make you an evil person, and you shouldn't use it as opportunity to, you know, to punish yourself for all the mistakes you've ever made. That you know, in the past, that would have been something that I would do a lot of, and and I've done a good job cutting down on that. Um, you know, let's not do that. Let, I, I invite you instead to be honest and real with how it's been, so you can change it. Okay. Basically, I mean, you're listening to this probably because, you know, you want to stop leading slash managing people that way that you have been. And, and awareness, remember, awareness precedes change. Um, and this is awareness or sobriety. Sobriety is the first step. So let's just call this sobriety, right? So uh, just, just know that when it comes to that very personal kind of, uh, you know, leader, manager engagement, we're kind of all B players. I think that's important. You know, I... I, I know I got the most stuck when I believed I was like, oh man, I'm I'm really good at this, right? Like, or I'm an A player at this, and that was like that was the beginning of the end, right? Um, and every leader that I've met, you know, in, in, including me, has a huge blind spot in this area. We all have the same one, though it comes in different forms. It's not able, it's not being able to see how by the very act of showing up the way that we do, we disempower the people around us, right? But that is until we learn how to get out of our own way. I'm going to repeat that. I'm going to repeat that because it's that powerful, okay? So it's not being able to see how by the very act of showing up the way that we do, we disempower the people around us, right? When you disempower the people around you, then you have to start doing everything and then you get pissed and you, you're like, hey, they're not doing the stuff that they're supposed to be doing, right? So, so when you think about it, you start to see that there's no such thing as an A player. There's certainly people who have more talent than others, uh, an extraordinary skill, or a certain special, you know, quality. But you, if you ever met somebody like, you know, like that who didn't have an equally, if not larger, shadow aspect to working with them, uh, that was related to their strength, you probably have, right? So the first thing we have to do is that recognize that we ourselves are not a, a players. We all have something that we're working on, something inside ourselves that makes us feel incompetent, unconfident, insecure, or you know, all of those. Um, until we deal with our own internal world and not by fixing it, by being honest with ourselves and, and others about it, our strength will forever be used to like perpetuate the false belief about our own authority uh, that we started with so that the other people value us for what we know and how many problems we can solve. Notice that, right? So when we do that, we keep trying to, um, I would say, show how valuable we are by the things that we do and we end up solving all the stuff Right. And then like, oh, we're, you know, we're so good at our things. And then we disempower people and then we kind of get uh, and then we kind of get all the stuff that we don't want. Right. So if you think about it, it's like the self-fulfilling kind of uh, prophecy in a negative way. Uh, but, you know, this is this is the beginning. The beginning is like this whole myth of like, I can't get good people. So, you know, I, I guess that when you start accepting the B player in yourself, you'll stop looking at employees as not being good enough. And I hate the word employees, but um, that's what I got in my notes. But it. it I would say our teammates. Um, and you'll start realizing that no matter how skilled someone is, 
when they come in that door into your unique business, they're a B player. They don't understand your brand. They don't know how the way that you, uh, you, you, you do it there. They don't know how to play with the people on your team. And they certainly don't know how, uh, how to work with you. So it's your job to roll up your sleeves and work with them with whatever you know, needs working on. And, and, and that is what's going to help people do great things, right? Some, and here's, here's the other part, right? Some people just won't make that pivot, uh, you know, and, and they'll leave or you'll, you'll let them go. And that, that's okay too, but don't let it be because of those blind spots and not knowing that you're a B player and how to help them, right? So um, great leadership and mentoring starts with an open mind and an open heart. And the question for you becomes, you know, are you doing that? And being like brutally honest with yourself about that. Um, I'll pause there to, to drink my bang. Who's still not sponsoring, but it's okay. This leads us to myth number two. And man, I think this might be the most, the, mo- the, the, the one that stands out the most, right? Funny thing is like I was just having a conversation yesterday and somebody said this to me and I stopped them because after, you know, having this realization, I was like, well, yeah, that's kind of true, but, but not completely true. And myth number two is that nobody care, nobody cares as much as I do. So that's what you'd say, right? Nobody cares as much as I do. Nobody cares as much as I do about this company, about this vision, about this mission. Um, and so that may be true. Nobody cares about the things that you care about as much as you do. I think that's, I think that's kind of, you know, I mean, that's why it's so individual. But it's not true or fair or helpful. Like that's, I think that's the most important part. It's not helpful to think that nobody cares as much as you. They care about different things that matter to them. Like things that inspire and move them, that shift them. Like, but they do, they do care about something. So your job is to get the things you care about and the things they care about to match up in a way where everybody wins. Now I've mentioned this before, this whole win-win scenario, you know, and it's, it's one thing to talk about this stuff and it's another to look at every situation and, uh, and be able to go like, okay, cool. Are they winning here and am I winning here? And I think there's a point in time when things get hard and it's like, well, fuck it, I'm winning. Eh, are they winning? Eh, maybe not, but you know what? I'm winning, it's cool. Uh, and, and of course, because if you say I'm the owner, I'm the leader, I'm the whatever you know this title is, and that's why it's cool, it's fine, right? For me to win, for them to lose, you, you won't have a successful team long-term. Um, and so that's why this is important, right? That you got to match up in a way like where everybody wins and what they care about, what you care about, like do match up. So what are the things that, uh, you know, your team cares about? What if in the larger sense, they are the exact same things you care about? Creative freedom, personal meaning, doing work they love and making enough money to support their families. I mean, isn't, I would say, isn't that what most of us, all of us connect to? Um, so as we look as, across the like, you know, leadership and management employee divide, it's easy to see the people on the other side as being made of a different stuff than we are, but they're not. They're just at a different stage. They have a different appetite for risk, perhaps, maybe. And you know, for whatever reason, they've decided to hitch their, the meaning wagon to, to, to yours, right? So it's your responsibility to discover just how much they care in ways and about things that you don't. So talk about the win-win scenario. Uh, everything's gonna keep bringing me back to a lot more conversations, right? Um, so just remember, just know that, that 
all of these things come back to crucial conversations, which is which is a book that I mentioned before. Uh, you know, how to better communicate with in any relationship, whether it's like I said, a, a team employee, uh, like personal, intimate, whatever it may be. So just remember, like finding that that point of win-win, uh, and that starts eradicating kind of that that part too. Is like they don't care as much as I do. Nobody cares as much as I do. Which brings us to myth number three, which is I can't afford to invest time in someone who's just going to leave anyway. And uh, before I even go into like I would say the the kind of subject matter of this a little bit, uh, I'll I'll say this. I'll start with the the quote that. Many years ago, uh, me and Dax Moy were having a conversation and somebody asked him and said, well, you know, but why would I put all of this? I would invest all of this, this, that, and the other, because I had a bad experience. And trust me, I've, I've had multiple uh, I said negative experiences when it comes to, uh, you know, people leaving in, in a, a non-ethical ways, inappropriate ways, so on and so forth, uh, which, you know, to, to be completely honest, like looking back, I, you know, many of the things that I did in my leadership was the catalyst for us. So it's, it's always like, do not blame others. You can blame others for, you can't blame others. P- people make their own decisions and they're responsible for their decisions and so I'm responsible for mine. So looking back, you know, a lot of the learning in the realm of management and leadership and communication, uh, you know, I now see how many of the things that I'd, I could have done way better to, um, to prevent that. But I digress, coming back to this. Well, somebody asked Dax Moore, like, man, why would I do all this and invest in all of them? He's like, what if I, you know, do all that and they become so much, you know, so much better and then they leave? You know, Dax said, uh, well, but what if you don't and they stay? And, you know, that was like this big light bulb moment for me. Uh, and if, if many of you know that, you know, when it comes to continuing education um, and mentoring, and I don't say this arrogantly, I, I don't believe that there's... Uh, any gym that does as much continuing education, I could probably factually prove that. Uh, but it started there where it was just like, well, sure, like there's always risks that come along with it. But, man, I, I want to give my team the best and so that they grow, um, they become the best at, at, at coaching and in everything else that's associated with that. Um, and that, that's why we do so much continuing education. Uh, I mean, to the tune of 2018, we'll have 11 or 12 seminars slash instats which is external ones which is pretty much one a month that's not counting our own things um which you know is 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 pretty massive and we we pretty much stay with that frequency now with that said you know uh to go back to this myth of you know i can't afford to invest time in someone who's just going to leave anyway let's dig into some of the subject matter here okay so think about the person on your team who's having the most trouble right now let's take a moment or who maybe maybe it's a person that's part of the team. Okay, now do a little math as to how much time you already you're already investing them, right? Add up all the times you've had to finish off their work that wasn't quite there, wasn't quite on point, uh, or remind you know remind them about this, that, or the other thing, whatever whatever that you had to keep like bringing up. Uh, please include the nightly conversations you're having with your your spouse, your partner, your friends about it, uh, the complaint sessions you're having with the rest of the team, your colleagues, uh, the, minor, the amount of time you lie awake at night in utter frustration that they didn't do this thing again. How many extra hours did you spend with them over the past month? Five, 10, uh, too many to count? How about over the course of the last year? 
Okay, now add the value of that time that you can been spending doing the work that you were supposed to be doing. Think about that, right? So if you add it up, you'd probably re realize that you spent 100 hours of your time on this person already. And if you look at what you've been doing during that time, you'll see that it's mostly not been mentoring or development. It's been supervision or maybe even, you know, the uh, ruling with the iron fist and, you know, trying to make them do something versus, you know, mentoring and development. Yikes, right? That's, that's some ugly shiz right there. Uh, when, right? When, 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 it, when the awareness hits you and you go like, hey, you've been spending a lot of time and energy, but really not developing them. Uh, so, you know, that word should give you chills. Supervision is what, you know, children need so they don't stick the finger in the socket. Uh, not a good model for building a company and a culture for adults. Uh, and, you know, my, you know, my thoughts around like kids and that we should be kid like. But in this situation, uh, we want a culture for adults. Right. So and we don't want supervision. So what if instead of the next hundred hours of supervision, you spend 10 hours having direct conversation with this team member about what's been going wrong, what your standards are? why they should care, how you're going to help them grow and how you're going to hold them accountable for their growth. Like, do you feel better already just thinking about that? I mean, you're probably going to feel a little bit uncomfortable because, hey, having a tough conversation is uncomfortable, but you're still probably going to feel better. Like, man, I can resolve this. Um, think about it another way, right? Isn't not investing in them the surest way that they'll leave or stay and drag other people down? And that's kind of what I was talking about earlier with that, you know, the, the, with Daxon is that situation, right? So remember, not investing them is the surest way that they'll leave or stay and drag other people down. Worst scenario. Sure, they're still there, right? But, the, but it's, that's the worst scenario. And, you know, I, I think, um, I know I, I might have talked about this in the last one, but like this, this proverb, it's an Arab proverb that uh, I heard not long ago. And I'm like, oh, man, this is powerful. And it says, you know, it's better to have a thousand enemies outside the tent than one inside the tent. You know, and, and once again, like, you know, if, if you get to the point where somebody's uh, very, very unhappy and there's this confrontation and conflict that's not resolved and they become an enemy inside the tent, that's the worst thing that you can ever have in a company, in a team, in a business, in an organization, in a family, like anything. So just remember that because that is death. Um, so... Think of all the good things that will happen when you train and invest in that one person, right? Think of what it will mean to them as a human being. Like, that's what excites me when it comes to the team, right? Like, man, how can I help this person, like, from a, from a standpoint of, like I said, personal and professional, but as a human being? Think of what it will mean to, the, uh, to, to be the kind of human being who helps other human beings with hard things. I think that's like, a, I would use that as a tagline. That's a great tagline. But, on, you know, on a serious note, like, think about that, right? Think of what it will mean to you to be the kind of human being who helps other human beings with hard things. Think about the message it sends to the other people on the team that you're willing to take that kind of a risk. Think about the people below that person or on an organizational chart, if that's the case, right? Who will benefit from the growth even if they, the, the person does leave. So, I would say this in a, in a situation of gym owners, think about all the clients that benefit because you've helped that person grow as a human being and as a coach. There's no end to the potential benefits of investing in, in your team, but ultimately the most important benefit is this. It's the right thing to do. Period. And I know this sounds so cliche, right? But if, if you do the right thing, sometimes 
sometimes the right things are unpopular things. But that's why, you know, being a leader and taking all this responsibility is a tough thing. Okay? I mean, look, it, I, I keep going back to the, when I went to war. It's the throne analogy, right? Like, heavy, heavy lies... Um, I'm going to mess this one up, but uh, heavy lies the crown. Yeah, there we go. Gene, Gene whispered it. <laughs> but, it's, but it's true, though, right? Like, I mean, people want to have, I would say, uh, some type of good authority and, and leadership and, and, you know, freedom. And we, we'll talk about the whole thing a whole other time. But, but don't want to wear that heavy crown, you know, of responsibility. And that's what that is. That's what the crown is. It's responsibility that you can't hide from. And... You know, doing the right thing sometimes is unpopular, but it's the right thing, right? And what's right is right. You know, it's one of the what's one of the things that uh, I, I live by and a value is like, hey, what's right is right. What's right is always right. And um, that brings us to myth number four, which is which is great because we talk so much about coaching, right? But myth number four is like, I'm not a therapist. I don't have the skills to help them with their personal problems. Okay. So let's let's take a step back here. Um, I got a question for you when it comes to this, because you may be thinking this, right? I don't know what setting you're in. This might be, you know what? Like, honestly, this may be a, a, a scenario for, you know, you're at work and you work for a company and uh, you may not be may not be the leader of the company or uh, even the department. And you're kind of like, well, this is out of my realm, right? Like, I'm not a therapist. I'm not supposed to do that. Well, let me ask you this, right? How many things have you tried to help you become a better leader, manager, an all-around effective person, right? Just an all-around human being, okay? How many things? How many consultants, coaches, how many self-improvement books, podcasts, and weekend workshops have you taken? Like, hey, listen, if you're listening to this right now, you're, you're helping yourself improve. How many of those ideas have you tried to introduce into your team, your company, your culture? If you're reading this, chances are, or, or, or should I say if you're listening to this, I notice notice how like uh, I get lost in my notes sometimes. Um, chances you decided a long time ago that you know who you are and how you relate with your work is highly like relevant to your business. So you're obviously going out there and like learning these things so you can implement them. So you have a desire to be a better leader, a better communicator, a better coach, um, better salesperson, marketing. I mean, whatever the things that you're studying or trying to relate. You know, sometimes you go out there to learn stuff so you more so for you know helping develop your team than you do for yourself right so it's obvious right and that your personal transformation would be good not just for you but for the people around you i mean most of the time i mean shit like like why you know why did i go to certain things like you know uh you know to warrior and getting coaches and going to tony robbins stuff and like a million other things that i've done is a lot of times it's like so i could be better for others sure for myself but man, I, I can't tell you how many things I've taken. I'm like, I want to be better for others because it matters, right? Because you care if you're, you're going for like how many people went into warrior for like um, for improving themselves for their family, right? So just, just know that why doesn't the same hold true for everyone else in your business, right? Why? There's no reason. Like if you, even if you're ready to acknowledge that your your team team's personal growth is relevant and will be good for your business, there's still this challenge. Like how do you like how do you broach? How do you step over that? Like how do you how do you um, implement that subject? Right? How do you have this more personal conversation without going beyond the bounds of um, I don't know the professional agreement that you have between employee manager 
once again, lead, leader, leader, team, uh, you know, team player, right? How do you do that? And, um, and of course, that those are some of the kind of, I guess, challenging uh, things sometimes. But like, I've been sharing different simple methods about, you know, uh, and performance issues in a way that kind of intersects like beautifully with personal growth and challenges. And we talked about that with the coaching habit uh, a couple couple shows ago, like the seven questions and how you can implement them, um, whether it's performance coaching, whether it's uh, development coaching, what that means and how you can implement that, right? So, um it's hard, but it, but it, but it doesn't put it off limits. It just means it's hard. And, you know, I, I hope that you'll discover some of the things that I'm sharing you and be able to use those things, um, inside of your business. Like I said, I, I share a lot of things that are related to, uh, like coaching and coaching in a sense of, you know, we're all doing it every single day, whether it's with our, you know, with kids, with, uh, teammates, colleagues, uh, bosses, uh, you, you name it, right? And so constantly like learning and if it, even if it's one like strategy, like one method that you know, you've learned and picked up and then the next day you're like, all right, I'm going to use this, right? I'm going to use this with you know, Sally Sue here at work and, and, and see how this goes. And you get feedback. Maybe it's like you know, it, it, it gets received really well or maybe now whatever it may be, like you're going to get something out of it. But that's how you develop. Like you learn something, you apply it, you reflect on it, you course correct if need be, right? And then you repeat, right? And so just know that, sure, like this stuff is hard. And, and, and a lot of times there's no, there's no pure system for it. And here's the cool thing, like that's actually the, the last myth that I'm gonna share today. But um, you know, that the people are always like, man, can you give me the system for that? And systems are important, but there's a human factor involved. And so yes, this is hard, it's kind of gritty. It's not always, it's not, it doesn't go by exactly step by step. Which leads us to myth number five, which is we just need better systems and more communi- uh, uh, and more communication, right? Think about that. Like, hey, I can tell you, like in the last three weeks, I've had four phone calls where it's just like we need better systems and better communication. Now, I do believe that communication is a really, really big um, bottleneck in most, I would say, organizations and relationships. Period. And I continue talking about becoming a better communicator. Honestly, if you go back to the last 60 plus episodes, you'll notice that I keep bringing it up because it's that important. But we just need better systems and more communication is also a myth many times. And I've recognized that because after doing it, you know, after improving systems and getting new systems um, and improving communication, sometimes there's still stuff that's not fixed. So just remember that systems, processes and action plans and procedures are, are great things. They're wonderful, right? Uh, and needed, right? They're necessary in creating a minimum amount of order and predictability to your business. But ask yourself this, because I certainly had to, and like that's why I have it down here, like written down, uh, because I was realizing this and recognizing this and going like, holy shit, like, yeah, I, I've, like, we've done this a lot. Meaning, how many systems do you have right now? How many hard and so-called soft documents have you written over the years with big promises as to what they were going to deliver? You know, from vision documents to brand positions to marketing strategies to value propositions to onboarding, you know, step-by-step to um, checklists for cleaning the gym to contacting clients to like this, that, and the other, right? And have any of them honestly done even a bit to get people to take real ownership of their work. Now that's the key question, 
right? The systems and all this stuff are there, right? Maybe they're not and you need to work on them. But nonetheless, like if whatever system you've had, did, did any of that make people take real ownership of their work? So systems are not the solution to people problems. They're absolutely the answer to system problems, though. So maybe you do have a system problem. I don't know, man. Like maybe, maybe you do have to implement systems or better systems or newer systems, right? But, but it won't help if you have a people problem. So the key is to know the different, right? Difference, and I love this analogy. Like, so when you know when an athlete breaks their leg, like you put it in a cast to help restore structure stability for the bone to, you know, uh, the, the bone density come back to to, to to heal. But, but you know, to support them through the emotions of the fall and help them to get back up again. What about that? For for that, you need a whole other type of medicine, right? And so. There's a distinct difference there where one might be a system thing, you know, and one might be a people thing and how you communicate with them and treat them and support them and guide them through this process, right? Even though you got the system there, it doesn't mean that they're going to recover and grow the way that you would hope to just by giving them like, oh, just you're going to do this and that's that, right? So based on all these things and these myths, okay, let's, let's make a new set of operating assumptions, right? And they're not the opposite of the myths that were hopefully just, you know, debunked and that have created awareness in, in, your, in your life and yourself. And I would hope that, you know, you catch yourself saying these things. You might have a conversation next week. Well, nobody cares as much as I do. And then you, you go like, oh, hold up, hold up. I'll listen to that podcast with Luca and maybe, maybe, maybe I need to catch myself here, right? Um, and, and find out what they care about and that they do care about, right? So... Just remember, they, they, they may not be the opposite of what we just debunked, but a reframe that allows us to approach the growth conversation with the honesty, you know, a nuance that I guess we all deserve, you know, not, not just you or, or me, but everybody, right? I can't find good people becomes I can't know who my A players are until I challenge them to find out, okay? How do we reframe the second myth? Nobody cares as much as I do becomes... I haven't figured out how they care in their own way that can harmonize with the way that I do or that the company does. The third one, I can't afford to invest time in someone who's just going to leave anyway because I don't have time to do anything else but develop them. <laughs> I'm not a therapist. I don't have the skills to help them with the personal problems because I'm not a therapist, but I'm steps ahead of this person as a professional and can help them grow by sharing the things I've learned along the way. And last but not least, we just need better systems and more communication because we don't need more communication. We need to start speaking a different language. Um, so just imagine, imagine if you, just for a moment, that you were, were to start living into these new, let's call them assumptions, bit by bit, a little more each day. How do you think things will work out? You know, how do you, how do you think your company could change? How how, how would you change? Because you'd have to become more, obviously, to to help your people become more. And then, who would you want to go talk to first? Who would you want to go talk to first? I think that's a powerful question. Maybe as you were listening to this, you're like, oh man, I got to talk to X Y Z. Okay, as soon as as soon as you get off of this, do that. All right, do that, and then you'll guess what? You'll start make changing that assumption and then you'll char start changing your team 
and know that it's like it's a process like know that it's not like i said we talked about you know um how do you for instance somebody you know breaks a leg and doctor will say hey like it's gonna be you know um four weeks five weeks six weeks for the leg to heal and then some rehab and right they give you some timelines but with you know with the emotional part of things with the human part of things it's difficult to say like you've you know think about you know trauma and and uh, i've been around a lot of it and also around a lot of people that have had much worse trauma than i had but from a sense of how does anybody give you a timeline on how you heal oh well listen you've had this abuse and you know you'll be you'll be good in 12 months no it doesn't work that way right so understand that like changing things such as i would say team culture and um and helping people personally and professionally grow it's all you can do is focus on the process of it right you focus on the process and the things usually start changing faster uh certainly faster than if you just focus on the outcome and uh, you know and that goes for everything we've talked about that in nutrition we're talking about it now in you know in in leadership and in management and in you know communication and with that said you know once again like who who's the person you're going to have a conversation with and how are you going to approach this differently if if you have had an aha moment like even just one in this episode then it's time for you to go and change something and apply something um so that things become better and remember like everybody's a, a coach and you don't need you know one of my favorite books too is a leader with no title from robin sharma which is one of the reading curriculums for our internship program um where you know leader is you become a leader by the behaviors that you elicit right so when you start looking, you know, leaders create more leaders. They don't create followers. Um, that's another thing that I truly believe in. And so helping people kind of create leadership behaviors, one, it starts with you. But that is the goal. And so go do something, right? Take an action step and lead. With that said, I, hell, I love and appreciate you guys for tuning in and spending your time um, with me and listening to uh, my, like I say, rantings and thoughts and, and insights. Um, and, and thank you for sharing because, uh, like I said, like I love it when we get the reviews and please, you know, really appreciate you for sharing and, and going and writing that five-star review on, on iTunes because more people, more and more people are being able to listen to this and get something from it and actually making a positive change from it. So I thank you for that. I will see you in the next episode of the Vigor Life podcast. See you soon.